What's in chapter 2? All right, so by letter D, big letter D, I gave this note, memorize these scriptures, and we will practice them. <laughs> Y'all are so excited about this. This is fun. It's good, good stuff. All right, um, I, had, I had two people tell me on this side that they were ready to help, so I need Miss Jessica and Miss Marcella to come up here, and then I need two dudes to come up from this side. Two men, don't make me call you out. Bring your books, bring your books, bring your books. <laughs> I'm going to awkwardly stare until two brothers decide to come up here with me. Don't, don't raise your hand, I just need two guys to stand up. Yeah, that's one. So, all right, good, Brother Robert. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. All right. Um, open to section D. Just have that, and we're going to deal with that. And then we're going to move right into point number two, dealing with common questions. And you're allowed, you're allowed to look at the book, okay? So um, we're, just, we're, just, we're going to do this really quick at home. I want you to be practicing this, practicing this, sitting there in your seat. I would like you to practice this. The, and remember this. Please, please get this. The point, the point is not to somehow demonstrate how much we don't know. Because it doesn't matter how much you do know, you could always know a little more. It doesn't matter how good you are at witnessing, you could do a little better. All right, that's not the point. So I don't want you saying, man, I can't believe they didn't remember that. You come up here. <laughs> All right, so the, there's, I don't want anybody apologizing. I don't want anybody apologizing. I don't want anybody, fit. this isn't a pass or fail thing. This is just understanding. This is, this is how it is when you're trying to have a conversation uh, with somebody. Okay, so... Let's, uh, let's start on the ladies' side. All right, uh, Miss Marcella, I need, to, I need to understand how much God loves me because a crucial point in salvation is understanding that God does love you. Yes, okay. No, you're, you're allowed to look. Give me something. Yeah, good. Great. Good job. Um, uh, Brother Andrew, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty awesome guy. Absolutely. And uh, based on the very small circle of people I surround myself with that only tell me I'm awesome, I'm really, I'm really not convinced that I'm a sinner. And so I need a verse that tells me I'm a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Good night. That's, man, that's hard. All right, uh, Miss Jessica, what happens because I'm a sinner? Is there like some kind of penalty? Well, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. 
Good job. All right. Brother, Brother Robert, um, what, what kind of gift would God give to a sinner like me? Is there a verse that talks about that? Good job, good job. Um, let's see, Miss Miss Marcella, what what would talk about what would talk about what I need to do uh, to be saved? Is there a verse that talks about? Well, I mean, is there a verse that talks about it? Well, that's good news. <laughs> no, I'd like you to quote the. I'd like you to quote the whole. I'd like you to quote all of chapter three. <laughs> or just yeah, just go ahead. No, no, time out, time out. No, what was my rule? Don't. No, everybody say it. Don't. Thank you. You got it. You're good. Yep, and then Roman in verse thirteen says, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." Is it the prayer that saves you? No, no. You look at you look at testimonies of people who got saved. Um, the the thief on the cross, Lord, remember me. The the publican, remember the publican and the Pharisee praying, "God be merciful to me, a sinner." The Ethiopian eunuch. This was his statement: "I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God." Got saved. Faith produces a willingness to confess it in prayer, but it's not the prayer that saves you. Paul said this to the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. All right, y'all are doing a good job. All right, now move into section number two, dealing with common questions. Now, now here's what, here, we're not gonna go right into, we're not gonna deal with quoting the scripture tonight. If you'll remember last week, um, the, the thing we talked about was we don't, when we're witnessing with people, it doesn't need to be a, a one-sided conversation. Any, any witness that Jesus did, and he was the master witness, any witness that Jesus did, he engaged those he was witnessing to. Am I right about this? Okay, what was the method that he used to engage them? Somebody say that. Questions. Good job, Ben. He engaged them by asking questions. All right, so I'm going to give you an objection. And I want you to ask me a question to get me to think about that objection. Tonight, we're not going to reference the verses, okay? I just want you... To give me a question to think about. All right? So let's start with, so we're in section two, letter A. Um, uh, let's start with Brother Robert. So here's the, here's the challenge, all right? And it's okay if nothing comes immediately to your mind. There's, again, this is, doesn't this seem like it could be hard? 
Yeah, so that's why we practice, people. All right, so you're telling me, Brother Robert, you're telling me, and I wouldn't call you Brother Robert. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> you're, telling, you're telling me that I need to be a, that I need to, I need to trust in Jesus Christ. Well, the way I see it, man, God bless America. I've always been a Christian. So what question could you ask? That's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, you ask it like this. Um, um, when do you first remember knowing about Jesus? Something like that. Yeah, that's a very good question. All right. Miss Jessica. Uh-oh, my page has moved. I'm sitting here flinging the iPad around. Okay, so I've asked God, you talk about believing in Jesus. I've asked God to forgive me many times. Well, I mean, I did something bad back in high school, and I was like, God, I'm sorry. Good question. There you go. And remember, that's one of the things that we talked about. Salvation, salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is a result of salvation. It is, forgiveness is not salvation. Forgiveness is something that we constantly have to do after we're saved and so that's a good question all right uh brother andrew this is really too easy like yeah okay look bro you're telling me you're telling me that all i gotta do is believe what the bible says about jesus and if i believe in him then he's gonna give me eternal life he's gonna take away all the bad stuff i've done and it's a lot it's, it's gotta be harder than this Man, I mean, I think I'd have to do a lot, but, but I think I could get it done. Not fair. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, so, so this, just proves a, this, just, this just proves a point. Asking a question doesn't mean there won't be another question, right? Again, we're just trying to think. We're just trying to think. And his question was really good. How much work do you think you'd have to do? And who knows? Who knows what the answer is going to be? But it, it keeps the dialogue going. And, and I'll make that point in just a minute. Uh, Marcella, I'm really not. I mean, okay. I, like I, I told a lie, maybe. And I think I took some, some candy from Walmart one time. But it's Walmart, and China owns them anyway, and so they deserve it. Is that bothering y'all? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that bad. Yeah, right. Well, okay, are you ready? Well, well I mean, pff, by my standards, it's not like I'm like that dude in jail, and that opens up the door for this. Okay, but maybe, have you ever considered that God has a higher standard than just not going to jail? And then you show them the verse. No, seriously, that's, and you say, well, that's pretty basic, but that's, re I've literally had that response. 
I've never been in jail. I've never murdered anybody. And there's two problems with that. So people who have been in jail can't be saved. And you're not as bad as somebody else just because you've never been in jail. All right, so um, uh, let's, do, let's do a couple more. Miss Jessica, doesn't death end everything? I mean, how do we know there's a real heaven? It's kind of a hard one. Great. No, that is perfect. Maybe not the sass, but... <laughs> But that is perfect. Okay, honest. You ready? How, how do we know? What, say it. Faith. None of you can prove that. And don't even, it, don't be, don't be pot, pious. Like, oh, well, I know. Okay, you know based on what the Bible says, you know by faith. Okay? So when that's challenged, don't pretend that it's not by faith. Simply turn it around and ask them why they believe what they believe. Well, how do you know it's not? Are you ready? Faith. They won't say faith, but this is what they'll say. Well, I only believe it if I can prove it. Okay, so can you prove what comes after death? Well, no, I can't. So you're believing or not believing something based on just your faith. Right, good job. All right, number six, Brother Andrew. I don't want to give up my lifestyle or my friends. Yeah, it's a good question. And remember, I told you this. I had, I had a conversation where someone told me this. I, I, I believe or I recognize what you are saying. And they made this statement. I know that if I die like this, I'll go to hell. But I also know that if I get saved, I'll have to give these things up. And I don't want to. And I hadn't presented the gospel in a way that says you have to work for it. That individual just understood the implication of the gospel, that Jesus will change my life. And he wanted certain pleasures in this life more than he wanted his life. That's a real question that comes up. Uh, Brother Robert, let me ask you one. I think as long as I'm sincere in what I believe, that's all that matters. Like, I mean, there's lots of different ways to get to God. So as long as I'm sincere... <laughs> yes, that's called mic drop. Now we are living. We are living in a culture that allow that is encouraging humans to identify as whatever they want, and then because that's what they want to think, that's their that therefore makes it true. Well. And people approach salvation that way. As long as I'm sincere, it's all good. I am a 6'3 lady. No, there are people who believe stuff like that. Does it, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what is obvious. And, that's, and it's that kind of thought that that kind of bent that we are dealing with with people. Y'all did a great job. Thank you very much. You can be seated. 
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna continue to develop that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna keep going back to those sections for a little bit. We'll further we'll go into other sections and further develop it. Um, but eventually I'm gonna we're gonna have a conversation where we work through some objections and you you ask me questions in order to get to what the scripture says. So I would encourage you to go back to those two sections, 1D and 2, uh, 2A. All right, so 2B, section 2, letter B, the deity of Christ, the deity of Christ. I forgot to mention this. I want to say something about it earlier. Man, Brother Cook's soliloquy on Sunday morning was a blessing. I sure was thankful for the way he the transparency of all of that. And it's just a reminder that it doesn't matter who you are, you can get discouraged. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you're discouraged about. The answer is not in things being like you want. The answer is in getting your eyes back on Jesus Christ. And uh, this is just a great testimony. All right, so the deity of Christ, let me give you some extra stuff that's not in your book. When we're talking about his deity, God becoming flesh or God adding humanity to his deity. He didn't cease to be one in order to become the other. He wasn't more of one or less of one. Now, there were certain things that he limited himself by when he was on this earth in human flesh. For example, he allowed himself to feel weariness. He allowed himself to feel hunger. He, he subjected himself to the physical limitations of a body. The, the scripture is very blunt when it says it this way. He was tempted in all points like as we are. But what's the, the important part of that? Yet without sin. So he, he has always been God. And he became man to become sin for us. But at no point, at no point in, during that time on earth, during that time when God eternal was growing in the womb of Mary, her body went through the same gestational process as every other mother from the time. The, the, the difference was in the conception process, but the gestational process was the same, and God as a human being was growing in her womb, he never at any point ceased to be God. Now you say, that boggles my mind. I get it. That's why he's God. There are other views of Jesus. There are religious views of Jesus that esteem him, but just don't esteem him high enough. Mormons, you'll hear Mormons saying this, and there's just doing a, some reading about specifically that sect, there is an, an effort to state in, in similar terms the belief about Jesus Christ almost as they think the same thing about him that we do. The, the problem is that it fluctuates and it changes even in the last 100 years. And they, be, they believe that there's... Uh, I've read that they believe that he's, he was created equal with Lucifer. 
Um, and that even in this, that he provides, his, his, his sacrifice provides opportunity for individuals to progress towards a higher level, a higher level of glory by keeping certain ordinances. Now that's a direct quote from a statement about what they believe. Okay, so here's what they're saying. When, when, Jesus, when Jesus saves you, he doesn't really save you, but he gives you the opportunity if you do enough good to progress. So this is what you're saying. You're saved through other means than Jesus Christ, which is not believing in the Jesus of the Bible. All right, Catholics, in their doctrinal statement, will say, we believe that salvation is by faith or through faith in Jesus, death and resurrection. You can find that snippet within Catholic doctrinal statements. But if you'll dig a little bit, you also find this, that baptism is necessary, that praying to Mary is necessary, and that the Lord's Supper is an actual redemptive act, and that as long as you observe the Lord's Supper, you are continuing the process of redemption. Jesus did not implement the, the Last Supper as a means of carrying on redemption. He implemented it as a means for us to remember what he did for us, and that's it. There's no redemptive power in it. And yet, Catholicism teaches that it literally becomes flesh and blood, and if you observe that, you are maintaining redemption in your own life. But we don't maintain redemption. Jesus maintains redemption. The United Pentecostal Church believes that what happened on the cross was the appearance of deity. Basically, it was like a smoke and mirrors operation and some kind of spiritual thing took place. But Jesus didn't actually die there. Jehovah's Witness believe that Jesus is a created spirit being just like the angels. Islam, Buddhism, other things, they, they believe this, that he's a good man, a wise teacher, a great example. Um, I read a statement that Muslims even teach that he ascended to be next to Allah. But they all fall very, 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 very short of this. He is God. God. I ask you something. Why does this matter? Just think. Don't answer it out loud. I know you know most of you or all of you. But why, why does this matter? I want to look at a couple of passages together. And I normally have you read, but I want to read with you. Let's open to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, in, in verse, down in verse 58, he's, he's concluding this dialogue with the Pharisees. In verse 56, he says this, your father, because the, the Jewish establishment always fell back on their relationship with Abraham, like we're his descendants, we're God's children because we're his descendants. 
And so in verse 56, Jesus, this is so great. Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. We don't have time to get into all of that. But the point was, I've been around a long time. And so the Jews recognize this, and they say in verse 57, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? I mean, these are dudes that have twice his age. Like, you're not even 50 yet. His response is this, Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, and then he puts these two words, I am, and it's the same I am that God spoke to Moses at the burning bush. Who do I say sent me? I am has sent thee. And you can tell by their response that they understood the implication of what he was saying. In verse 59, they take up stones to cast at him, but then Jesus gets out of there because he's God as well as man, and so he can maneuver through things like that. But here's the point. They understood he was claiming to be God. He wasn't, he wasn't just claiming to be from God. When he made the statement, I am he was claiming to be God. All right. Remember, we're answering the question why this matters. It looked back in verse number 24. Actually, start in, start in verse 23. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. You see, it's not enough by Jesus' own words, it's not enough just to believe that Jesus was somebody. You have to believe that he is who he said he was. There, there's no historical debate about the existence of the person Jesus Christ. But simply belief in a historical figure is not what produces salvation. Because Jesus said, in order for you to benefit from who I am, you have to believe who I am, not just that I'm somebody. And there are plenty of religions, religions that believe that he is somebody. There are plenty of churches pre preaching that he is somebody. He's a good example. He's a good teacher. He's a miracle worker. He did those things. But they fall short of him, of his claim that I'm not just somebody. I'm the one. I'm God. So if Jesus isn't God, according to the Bible, if Jesus isn't God, he's a fraud. And just like the resurrection, what Paul said, you are of all men most miserable, you're yet in your sins. If he's not God, he has no ability to atone for who we are and what we need before God. He must be. Not just a good dude. He must be God. All right, so um, look in your book. Follow along with these quickly. Um, I'm going to move a little bit quicker tonight. 1 John 3, 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. In 1 John 2, 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 4, verse 3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And now already is it in the world. People, are, people wonder, we get obsessed with this, and it's really not appropriate or necessary. 
Like, who is going to be the Antichrist? The spirit of Antichrist has been around for a while. And that is any spirit that denies who Jesus Christ is, detracts from who he is. And that means there's a whole lot of spirit of Antichrist in a whole lot of churches that are going on today. Um, 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Take you back to that first word. Great is the mystery, meaning there's some things about this you're just not going to get, understand. This is, just, this is just really big, right? But if he can speak this, I was praying with Brother Rod and just, just thinking about the sunset I saw tonight. I went, I went west on Linden and then turned south, northeast something on the boulevard, whatever that is, because it goes wonky. And so I go east on Linden, and man, the, the sunset behind the mount, the Owyhees, and just the way that the clouds were kind of U-shaping around, the colors were popping and screaming. It was glorious. Like, I just want to pull over and have church right now, hallelujah. It's amazing. If I believe he created all of that, I, I can believe he can do stuff that I don't fully understand. All right. Number one in your book. His deity is shown through his names. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Have you ever wondered why he has so many names? That's because it takes more than one name for you to comprehend just all that he is. It's not because he, it's not, I'm not being irreverent. He's not having an identity crisis. He's not. We just need, we need help comprehending. It helps, to, it helps to increase our understanding. His name shall be called Wonderful, <laughs> Counselor. Are you ready? These two are my favorite. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Sounds like he's saying this, I'm God. And then it goes on to say the Prince of Peace. Um, John 20, 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord, remember Thomas, okay, I'll not believe except he show me, here it is, here it is, read your hand in her, and my Lord and, what does it say, next two words, my God, not just my rabbi, not just my teacher, not just the one that I've loved and that has helped me and taught me, my God. His deity is shown through his names. There are other passages you could look at for that. Number two, his deity is shown through his works. Jesus was not first a social savior. He was a savior from sin. But he does advocate doing good in order to help people be open to receive the gospel. Okay, don't make, listen, he tells us to do good. And he did good to authenticate his claims. Everybody wants to be mad at him for saying I am, but you better ask yourself a question. Have you seen anybody else raise the dead? I know you think he's not even 50 years old, but have you seen anybody speak away leprosy? So it authenticates it. For John 1.3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Again, when I look at creation, 
I don't have a problem being he can, believing he can be born of a virgin. You say, I don't understand it. Doesn't mean I can't believe it. Doesn't mean he's not capable of it. Hebrews 1, 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Mark 2, 7 through 11, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? You remember the man that was let down through the roof? That's what this is about. They bring him to him and they're like, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Like, whoa, whoa, who can do that? No one can do that but God. Okay, do you need evidence? (laughs) We're not going to read it. He says, stand up and walk. And out he goes. Well, I guess you might have a little more power and authority than we gave you credit for. Um, John 17, 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Number three, his deity is shown through worship, Matthew 2, 2, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him, the, the wise men seeking him, pursuing him, even as a babe or a young child. Matthew 14, 33, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. John 9, 38, And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Hebrews 1, 6, And again, when he bringeth the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. It's interesting that when people in Scripture, as they interacted with Jesus Christ, when they came to an understanding of who he was, in many cases, there are records of them actively worshiping him. And that was something, and and understand it took place, most of it took place within the context of a Jewish culture, and they understood we only worship God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And so them to do acts of worship was a statement that they believed he was God. Number four, his deity is shown through his attributes. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and into earth. John 16, 13, now 30, Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Matthew 16, 21, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Matthew 28, 20, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2 said, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You could use theological terms like omnipotence when he says, all power is given unto me. Omnipotent, I have all power. Omnipresence, I'm with you always. Um, immutability, he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But who Jesus Christ in, says he is and the, the characteristics that go with that, they identify, they help to validate his deity. His deity is shown through his resurrection. Luke 24, 
verse 1 through 7, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spies, which they had prepared and certain others with them, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus, and it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. You go into, I think it's 1 Corinthians, maybe 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry, I didn't look it up to confirm it. But, but Paul gives the account of all of the witnesses that he was seen of. And by, by any judicial measure... There's more than enough eyewitness account to validate the authenticity of his resurrection. By any reasonable legal standard in our judicial system, or perhaps even other judicial systems, this many eyewitness accounts is enough to validate his resurrection. And so you under, I get it that we can't see it, but we believe it based on the historical record. We believe it primarily because it's what the Word of God says. And the fact that he conquered death on his own is a statement that he is God. All right, so we are finished tonight with this. Here's the, before, before, we, before we're dismissed, you, you've got to, in your witnessing, make sure you are conscious of this. How many of you have ever had someone say, well, I believe, I believe in Jesus? Heard them say that? Well, there's more, than, there's more than one concern about that. It, believing that he exists is like m- me saying, I believe that President Biden exists. Or um, uh, Hank Aaron just passed away when he was alive. Like saying, yeah, well, I believe that he, that he exists. That doesn't mean I have a relationship with him. In order to have a relate, so for example, it's not like Mr. Biden has my cell phone. He's being like, hey, Pyle, come to the White House and give me your opinion. I heard you have some opinions on foreign policy and on some other issues. I'd like to talk to you about them. And maybe we can develop a relationship. I mean, if it happens, I'm going. But it's not going to happen. We don't, he doesn't know me. We don't have a relationship. It's not like Mr. Aaron and say, hey, I heard you coach Little League Baseball. I think there might have been a couple of things I could have learned from you that would have helped my career to be a little more successful. <laughs> would you want to come hang out with me? Maybe we can develop a friendship. I know about them. I don't know them. Yeah, I, I, I believe Jesus Christ you have to understand your sinfulness and why you need him. And then you have to understand his exclusive claims. It's not enough to believe that he's a good person. Yeah, Jesus did good. He was a good teacher, right? The question then to them is, have you ever wondered why he did those things? And this is, what, this is the answer you'll get sometimes. Well, because he wanted to be a good example for us. He did want to be a good example, but there was more to it. And that is this. He was God, and he was showing us that we needed him and that only he could do for us what we need done. And, and so it's, it's crucial 
it's crucial that people not just believe something about Jesus, that he was a, a figure. They have to believe that he's the Savior who is God, who came from God to redeem us from our sins. All right, good stuff. Let's pray. And then we're not going to have a dismissal chorus. We're just going to say hallelujah and good night. Y'all good with that? If you're good with it, let's stand up. All right, remember, please, uh, ladies, check out the revival nursery schedule. Many hands make light work. And, and I'm just, I'm so thankful for all of the work that you're doing in the nursery. It's a great job. It's a blessing. Um, and I understand on a revival, the desire is to, everybody wants to be in here, and I want that. But, but think of it, you're literally helping the ministry of the Word of God because there are people who can sit in here and listen without distraction because they have confidence that their babies are going to be okay. And, and then I'm never going to be able to compete with an adorable one or two-year-old. I mean, I can be louder than them, but that doesn't mean anything's getting across. So it just, it just, it's a blessing. And then uh, the, I'll be up here praying on, Wednesday, on Saturday night at 7. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. And, and be excited. Ask God to help you be excited about a good start on Sunday. Father, thank you for the time. Pray that you would bless uh, the, the night, Lord, and that you would help us to absorb these things. God, I, I understand it's a lot of information, and there, no reasonable person would expect that all of this just automatically sticks. But I pray that you would help us to develop an appetite to be better witnesses, and that we would pick up just a, even a, just a couple of things that will help us in talking to people about Jesus Christ. Thank you for your love for us, and, and, and even... And God, increase our appreciation as we understand how to be a better witness. I pray that you would increase our appreciation for who you are and for the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Love you, appreciate you, God bless you. Uh, trustees, if you don't mind heading straight to my office, I would appreciate that very much. Thank you.